Well, I quickly dismissed the thought of giving a homily on the epistle lesson today, because if you apply the epistle lesson that was read today, it calls the priest an ox. And I figured, I'm not going to submit to that today. I won't be an ox. But it says, don't muzzle the ox. And I was afraid one of you might try to do some muzzling. So instead of the epistle today, the sermon is going to be on the gospel. It is incredibly significant. For the first 55 years of my life, I did not say the Lord's Prayer exactly the way I've said it the last 20. I said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Perfectly legitimate, just as, just as is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Matthew says, forgive us our debts. Luke reports it as forgive us our trespasses. Both are, both are legitimate, both are important, and kind of mean the same thing, but they give a little nuance of meaning to the Lord's Prayer. The second most prayed prayer in all the world. What's the most prayed prayer in all the world? You all know it. Lord, have mercy. Catholics pray it. Orthodox pray it. Episcopalians pray it. Many others pray it. Lutherans pray it. And we pray it many times during the service. We only pray the Lord's Prayer once during the service. Though we've already had it twice this morning. All right. Forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. Now, what is meant here? Let's look at them both. First of all, a debt, and that's what was in the gospel this morning. Someone was forgiven a debt. Well, obviously, Jesus is not teaching about forgiving people monetary debts. It's clear when he gives the application. He's talking about forgiving someone's sins against them. When someone sins against God or someone sins against you or you sin against someone else, a debt is incurred. It's not just a naughty thing to sin. Something actually transpires. There is a reality. When I sin against you, I am indebted to you. I owe you something. I have borrowed something from you or taken something from you that, I, that was not mine to take. That's why trespass is very close to the same thing because to trespass means that I, tra I cross over into your territory. I transgress. I walk across. I go across into your stuff. Lord knows we go into each other's stuff all the time, don't we? Husbands, don't you often walk across into your wife's territory? Wives, do you ever walk across into your husband's territory? Children, do you ever walk across into your mom's and dad's territory? In business, do we ever walk across others' territory? In just our general relationships of life, do we walk across? Well, when you walk across someone else's territory, you've incurred a debt. And so Jesus, you know, I'm sure he didn't give the Lord's Prayer just one time. It's unfathomable. And so Matthew reports, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's an understanding here. We incur the debt, we cause the debt. And then we also have the trespasses as those who trespass against us, the trespassor, the trespassee. 
Now, what are we going to do with all this? There, there is a reality to the matter of indebtedness. We are all debtors. Three times three in this service, I must ask for forgiveness. I must say to the deacon before we start the great entrance, forgive me, my brother and my concelebrant. Before I receive communion, I turn to the deacon and I say, Forgive me, my brother and my concelebrant. And then I turn to you and I say, Forgive me, my brothers and my sisters. Why do we do it? Well, it's kind of cute. It's a sort of a neat thing to say. It's cool. Oh, no. Not on your life. First of all, what on earth does it mean to you if for some reason the deacon, even if he's my son, which he is today, even if he's my son, what is it, what, what is it, what is meant, what is being communicated to you if for some reason up here in this altar we are at odds with one another? What happens up there if there is a debt I owe to that deacon? I mean where I have transgressed I am indebted to him. I have crossed into his territory. I have borrowed from him and have not paid it back. If we can't get along up here, God save you. Twice I ask for that. And then I ask you in all sincerity. There's someone sitting here today who was so incredibly impressed the first time he ever saw Metropolitan Philip turn around in a divine liturgy and say, forgive me, my brothers and my sisters. I will never forget the response. I quote him, he says, it really shows humility. Well, if, if I'm serving you communion for goodness sake, there better be some kind of a relationship between you and me where I'm not indebted to you where I haven't transgressed into your territory, if, or I, if I have, I better ask you for forgiveness. Now, in this gospel lesson today, this is, un, this is incredible. And by the way, don't you walk out of here and say, I was only preaching to the choir. Why? Why should I say that? Because Jesus gave a parable where perhaps the application was only to one or two people in his hearing. It may not, there may not have been many people that day who were indebted to one another. You know, it isn't true. Not every one of you is in debt to someone. That's just, that's not the case. I am not assuming that every one of you in here has someone that you simply won't forgive or that you are not forgiven by that person. That would be foolish to make that assumption. Most of you try to keep your accounts up to date, don't you? Most of the time we try to do this. I'm supposed to do it at least three times in this service. So it is not the truth to say that every single one of you harbors some grudge against someone and you have not forgiven them. That would be shocking if that were true. What a lousy bunch we'd be. But Jesus gave that parable. I don't know how many people were there that day. It may have been a bunch. Maybe applicable to only one person there. I don't know. Maybe several. And we are given, in our church, 52 gospel readings a year. And out of the 52, we get one, I mean, folks, out of the whole Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we get one that may be applicable only to maybe one or two or three 
Maybe not that many. Why? Because it is so terribly important. Now, here's the lesson. Here's a man who is in debt to someone for 10,000 talents. You know, it's really hard to, to bring an equation of what 10,000 talents in that economy was compared to what dollars and cents are in ours. It's a whole lot. It was a massive debt. And the guy couldn't pay. So he says to the one to whom he's indebted, have patience with me, forgive me, forgive me the debt and I will pay. He didn't just say forgive and leave it at that. It was forgive and I'll pay. He seemed to be well-intentioned. And the master, the one to whom he's indebted, has compassion. And he not only says, okay, I'll give you time to pay. You got six more months. He forgives him this huge amount of money. Then the man goes out, and this is what I was going to call the sermon today. I was going to call it, who do you have by the throat? Or who has you by the throat? That was going to be my title, but I thought better of it. Uh, not because I didn't like it, but because it didn't quite fit. But he goes out, and, and you know, I've... I read with images in my mind. Do any of you do that? I bet most of you do, don't you? You have images in your mind when you read. And I've got this image. I have since I was a little kid. I mean, I've heard this thing 50 jillion times. And I have this image in my mind of he goes out and he, he finds this fellow servant. And uh, he's not in the league. This guy's in. And I can just see him. He grabs him by the throat. Pay me what you owe. And the man uses exactly the same vocabulary he did with a hot shot above him. And he says, the little guy says, have mercy on me, have patience, and I'll pay you. He has zero mercy, he has zero patience, and he has him thrown into a debtor's prison. Well, the other servants don't like this, and for good reason they don't like it. And so they go to the big guy, and they say, hey, you forgave him that debt, and he went and grabbed his fellow servant by the throat, and he had him thrown into prison because he couldn't even pay this piddly little old pizzywinkle debt. Now, those are two words you may not be familiar with. Pizzywinkle. I don't know if it's in the dictionary or not. A wimpy debt. A pusillanimous debt. Just little. I mean, it's just pennies. That's what denarii are. This is little. He owes him this dinky debt. And he throws him in prison because he owes him a tiny, tiny debt, whereas he just got forgiven moments ago of a massive debt. You want to know how to get yourself unforgiven, folks? You know, most of you will come up here today and you're going to hear me and the deacon say, the precious and all holy body and blood of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ is given to the servant of God for the forgiveness of his sins and unto life everlasting. You want to get unforgiven really quickly? You get unforgiven, folks, if you got somebody by the throat. Now, let me tell you what we're not talking about here. We're not talking about the, the guy that cut you off on the freeway on your way here today. Folks, that's, that, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about some feeling you had when somebody stepped in front of you at Vaughn's in the line 
we're, we're talking we're talking transgressing we're talking about getting into my territory though if you get in front of me in the line at Vons you have transgressed my territory don't even shop there anymore if you're going to cut in front of me no we're not talking about that we're talking about these debts we incur with each other in our relationships in our lives in our marriages in our families in our businesses in our dealings with people as we go about particularly in the household of God in the church where we are where we ourselves consistently and continually receive forgiveness for our sins and then with apparently no provocation except being forgiven we go out and demand that everybody pay us what they owe. You know, I probably, no, take the probably out. I am in debt, I am sure, to every single man, woman, and child in here. No priest ever fulfills his priesthood totally, perfectly. He just doesn't. There are people that get ignored. There are people that I ought to be paying attention to and I don't. And sometimes I actually know better. I'm indebted. Now, the question is, if I ask you to forgive me, which I'm going to momentarily, are you going to forgive me? Are you going to go out of here and say, that rotten priest John, why doesn't he do better at this or that? He did this to me or he didn't visit me when I was there or each other. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you've transgressed on my territory. Or maybe it's against one another. People, we need to be very free with our forgiveness. Now, there's something important I need to put in here because some of you will be bothered. What if somebody has you by the throat? What if somebody is demanding payment from you? What if there's somebody who says, I can forget what you did to me, but I will never forgive it. Or what if they don't say it, they just act that way? What can you do? Well, I'll tell you what you can do. Well, if that's his attitude, you can just stuff it. No. You know what you do if, if that happens to you? If someone's got you, as it were, by the throat? You leave it to... Him who is the forgiver of all. That's what you do. You don't try to set it by yourself. You don't try to go and say, you know, I, I know I owe you this little dinky debt, and you just got forgiven a huge debt. That's not fair. Or you just went in debt again yourself. <laughs> you just added to the debt. No, you just let that go. Now, some of you worry about these things. Someone has something against you, and you don't even understand why. And you wish it could all be fixed and it doesn't get fixed. What do you do about it? Let it go. If I wanted to put the word let it go into a biblical expression, do you know what word I would use? Some of you actually know the answer to this. If I said let it go and you want a biblical expression that means exactly let it go, do you know what that word is? Forgive. That's what the word forgive actually means. Literally, let it go. Boom, you just drop it. You let it go. That's how you keep from stacking up debt yourself. So, 
Folks, what we want to do today is to make sure that we are forgiven and that we, are, that we forgive. Some of the most tragic lines in all of the whole New Testament are these lines. They come to us at the end of this particular lesson where Jesus says to the man who would not forgive, you wicked servant, hang on. I forgave you all that debt because you besought me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Now, here comes these tragic words. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. I know how to make every marriage on earth work. Forgive each other. I also know about every marriage on earth. It needs forgiveness. You can't be married as long as I have and know that. I've had to forgive my wife many times. <laughs> many, many times less or fewer than she's had to forgive me. But we always manage it. We become indebted to one another. We even know it. Don't you know it? Sure you know it. Folks, we need to forgive. Even in order to continue to receive forgiveness. You continue to sin, do you not? Against God and against each other? I do. Then we need to forgive continually. So my exhortation today. Anybody in your life you can think of that's indebted to you? Who really wants to be forgiven? Can you think of someone like that? Or several? Forgive that person. Right now, where you sit or stand, forgive that person from your heart. And when you receive the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and unto life everlasting, the one to whom you owe the great debt keeps you cleansed from all your sins.